This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, look, Thanksgiving is a time to reflect on the things that we have, the people that we love, and giving back to others. So today, we'll talk to a woman who knows firsthand about giving back, how it can affect people's lives. Jill Buckley, Executive Director of StuPot Services, is in the house, along with Karen Cotton, a former StuPot client-turned-volunteer. We'll talk with Jill about the different services StuPot offers, and we'll speak with Karen about how StuPot helped change her life. Plus, Michelle and I will talk about the latest headlines in the weekly roundup. And if you'd like to be part of the show, we'd love you to be part of the show. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Thanksgiving week. We've got a lot to be thankful for today, and I'm thankful that you're listening to the show because I think you're about to listen to a great one. I'm Marshall Ramsey, your host. Our guests today are Jill Buckley. She's the executive director of StuPot Services, and Karen Cotton. She's a former StuPot client who now volunteers with the organization as well. We'll talk to them a little bit, uh, but first, of course, we've got the weekly roundup. Got to catch up with what's going on. Got to hear about Michelle's tooth and a bunch of other things. So I tell you, um, oh, first of all, I was just going to say real quick, I have known Jill Buckley. Literally, she was one of the first people I met when I moved to Jackson. So I've known her forever and ever. And um, she apparently drinks formaldehyde because she has not changed in 21 years. I, however, have gotten much older and grizzled looking. And I lose teeth, too. But you know what? I at least don't have a hole in my tooth. Well, you don't even have a hole in your tooth. You have a hole in your head now. So there you go. I'm glad you're okay. You, I got to tell you, I know. Now, tooth pain is one of those things that when you have it, it's the center of your universe. You can't think of anything else. And everybody else looks at you like so. I mean, nobody cares if you have tooth pain or not. So, I mean, obviously, we're not going to do an hour on tooth pain. But you called me on Friday. I was driving down the road, and you're like, I've got to find a dentist. And it was 430 in the afternoon. There was no dentist anywhere. And I seriously, you sounded like you had died. Yeah. And I was talking to a ghost. <laughs> I felt like I was telling Jill, I'll take my gauze out right now. But <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> right, I felt yeah. like I was having a baby. And worse than that, my daughter is 15. I love her to death. So you felt like you're having a 15-year-old baby. <laughs> right. Because yeah. labor Ow. pains wasn't this bad. I mean, it was debilitating. And that's the word I'll use. I know. Okay. Audience note. I kept telling you to go get that tended to. Well, I was. Hey, you don't listen to Marshall now. That's fine. <laughs> well, you, Jason, everyone. But my thing was, here's a funny story, guys. My daughter's dentist appointment is this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So she has a tooth cleaning Wednesday. And I said, okay, I was going to go, of course, take her. And I asked her dentist to look at my tooth. Jason walked in my office Friday and said, you're not going to make it to Wednesday, let alone tomorrow. I was like, you've already been having problems with that thing. See, I I thought it was abscess. And you know what? We realized that wasn't an abscess. It was a hole. It was a hole. So I was taking (laughs) antibiotics for no reason. Nice. Oh, my God. So, you know, I've been through. uh, So you're uh, thankful that that's over with. I am thankful, thankful. And I want to give my real big thanks to Kendra Wright, my coworker here in the news department. She produces Mississippi Edition. She drove around looking for yeah, a dentist. Yeah, you guys are like on like Easter egg hunt. Yeah, we were uh, Thelma and Louise on a mission. You can go off a cliff. And I also want to thank Dr. Jason Cox. In oh my God. Yeah. Him and his entire staff, Johnny, his dental assistant, his receptionist. She called me on Saturday to check on me. Oh. But oh, that's he awesome. did not have to. He did not have to. Stay. 
Yeah. He was only there for an emergency. He would have not <laughs> well, been Well, then there. another emergency walked right. in the door. So. so God was on my side, and I just say thank you again, J- Dr. Jason Cox and your staff, for a wonderful job you did. And God was just, he was he put it in your heart to save me. <laughs> I, you know, but, but I did the same thing you did with the one that I had removed a few weeks ago because I, like, cracked it. I was, you know, a piece of duck hors d'oeuvre, took it out, you know, and I didn't realize it. And then so I was thinking, it'll get better, it'll get better. And six weeks later, it wasn't getting better. Better. And then just one day, I just said, I got to get this done. Right. It always became an emergency. So we both have learned our lesson. We have. So be proactive. Yes. And speaking proactive, guess what I did this morning? What? I got down the Christmas decorations out of the attic. Wow. I know. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. You, I remember last year you did that as well. Yeah. I want to put I put my tree up the Friday after Thanksgiving. How about I, you guys? Well, and I think generally we do it after Thanksgiving, but uh, I think Amy kind of would like it to actually be when we come back from our, our quick Thanksgiving trip we're going to take okay. to have it all done Alrighty, so that she doesn't so have to do it so she can do. rest up <laughs> and get ready for school. So I don't blame her on that one. So True. I got up this morning and, you know, I went up the attic and got it down. So And then the teachers and the kids, they get an entire week out. That's I took so the whole cool. week off. You did? I'm actually off right now. That's why I'm dressed like a bum. I know. Well, look, look, not a bum per se, but <laughs> per se. I'm off. Um, I did take Wednesday. So I'm glad I'm we're going to do some business stuff like I said her appointment but Wednesday third I'm going to go to the uh sleep out for the homeless tomorrow. Excellent. Uh we had I had uh Mac and Patrick on Next Stop Mississippi on Friday, last Friday and then we had Patrick again on Deep South Dining today talking about the uh how to fry turkey and the cookout <laughs> and the uh, Don't sleep drop out. the frozen one in the hot yeah. <laughs> But, no, I'm going to take – and the reason – I go a lot, but the reason why I'm really interested this year, because I want my daughter to see Excellent. that she yeah. has what a lot of people don't have. And, of course, you know teenagers. They, My daughter actually told me this, guys. She said, uh, you're supposed to. Yeah. Those words came out really? of her mouth. That was she cool. She said, yeah. you're supposed to. And I said, hmm, I'm going to have to show her that it's children your age, 15, that parents don't. Or they don't even have a parent or they live in a shelter and they barely get a one pair of shoes, you know. Right. So you want this shoe and that shoe every week, another shoe. I do it because I, you know, I love you and I can, but you have to learn how to be grateful. Well, that's the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. and the same way with my boys. And, and I think they now realize that they live in a bubble, mm-hmm. that they live in an island, that they're, they're very fortunate and that they're very blessed. And I told them, I said, you know, part of you've got to be able to give back because you're in a situation where you have been given so much Mm -hmm. that if you don't learn, and I tell you what, if you don't learn that as a teenager, when you become an adult and I think, and okay, I'm going to get behind my pulpit here for a second. (laughs) I think that's part of the problem we have in this world is because we've become so selfish. Guess what? Just one little nugget. Oh, you're looking at me real now. I said, yeah, like you. My stepmother told me this and I just stuck with me. Jordan was a little girl, Mm -hmm. maybe four or five. She said, um, she whispered in my ear, let me tell you something. Jordan needs to hear no. Yeah. Oh, no. Just that's our job. Just you can say yes, Jordan does not need to hear yes all the time because that's that's going to hurt her when she gets older. Oh. She has to hear no sometimes. Yeah. I see. I'm not Dr. Spock. I'm not an expert <laughs> on parenting. And, uh-huh. and everybody's thinking, isn't that the guy from Star Trek? I always got them confused, too, growing up. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, if you don't teach your kids you know, how to be resilient and mm-hmm. say no and mm-hmm. how to deal with stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. You're setting them up for failure. You really are. And I'm trying. So we're going to go tomorrow. It starts at 6 o'clock. Uh-huh. And we're going to go. And I'm going to stay out there for a while. I want her to interact with the um, people that live out there. I want her to see firsthand, not on TV, not on a show. I want you to see this is their bed, this bench. Yeah. This is where they're going to sleep. Some of them don't have coats. And I'm inviting everyone to come out as well. Uh, Mrs. Mississippi Move and the guys from Sigma, uh, Gamma Row, and just the entire city. We have councilmen come out and the entire community come out. You can bring items for them. Uh, you can bring coats and gloves and scarves and anything you think they're going to need. We're going to have Patrick, um, nothing but smoke out there cooking on the grill all night long. We have games and things for them. But come on out because I'll, I'll be there too. Have you been following the fires out in California? A little you, bit. Little it's, bit. Ter- t- it's terrifying. I tell you what. It's I mean, terrifying. literally this fire, the, the camp fire, the one that's killed so many people, I think 79, but there's like a 1,000 people missing. That's what's so scary right now. Oh. Literally, it was consuming 80 football fields a minute. That's how fast this fire was moving. And I'm, we li- used to live in San Diego, Amy and I did, before we moved to, to Cal. 
moved here to Mississippi, and I remember one day walking out of the office, and the sky was black because there had been a major fire up there, and people were in their cars, and they couldn't escape it because they were driving 55 miles an hour, but the fire was doing 60, you know, that type of thing. And that's kind of what happened there. There's a lot of people that just couldn't get out because they were trying to evacuate. But where this is all going and where this relates to what we are just talking about, they were interviewing a sixth grader who said, you know, I really miss having a house. I miss having a bed. I miss having a roof over my head. I miss my things, but I just miss having a toilet. And, I mean, this young man went on for literally a minute to two minutes talking about just things that we take for granted every single day. And, of course, you know, and and I think what's happening out in California is a lot of what's happening, what happened to us here in Mississippi during Katrina. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times we get busy as a country and we're like, oh, well, we got our stuff. You know, we got, oh, we got bills to pay, got all this blah, 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 blah. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there suffering right now, and we just forget about it. And I think that's what's going to be so great about our guests today, because they kind of remind us a little bit that, you know what, we need to kind of get outside of ourselves Uh for a few minutes and actually help other people. Uh So there you go. I know. My halo is really bright today. I understand, (laughs) because it's Thanksgiving week. But I tell you what, I have got so much to be thankful for. You do, too. And I'm thankful for you, Michelle. I am thankful for you. And, you know, this is going on to our second. Okay, can we we say that again, just to get that clear on the air? Well, I do want to say this um, before I get out of here, because tomorrow I don't have a show. I'm thankful for MPB. I'm thankful to have a job that doesn't feel like a job. I come to work every day and I get to produce wonderful programming like this. And this get, one. Yeah, well, and like this, this. And this one. <laughs> and I get to share stories of Mississippi's great Oh, and people. this is the best. And yeah. this is what I love. I'm pointing to Jill and uh, Karen because people always sometimes put down Mississippi and Mississippi, what we're not and what we're not. I love MPB because we get to, I don't want to tear up again, but we get to share how great Mississippi is every day. I have special people like Karen and Jill that are under the radar that do the work every day that don't really get the recognition. And they they don't do it for recognition. They do it because they love it. But. But that's see that's what I love about the television show. But you are tearing up. You really are. It's yeah. not just allergies. <laughs> um, but I mean, with the television show, I get to and I do get like everyday folks on the TV mm-hmm. show too. But I like I just interviewed Dorothy Moore. Mm, Dorothy yeah, Moore. Me. Talk about one of the coolest human beings on the planet. She likes to fish, and she digs up her own worms. And then uh. when she gets done with the interview, her daughter helps her out to her brand new giant Dodge pickup truck. <laughs> I mean, but. Those are the kind of stories that, and like this with the radio show, because the radio show, we can kind of scale it down to mm-hmm. just more of a human level. Yes. I mean, I, I'm not saying Dorothy Moore's not human. She's incredibly human. <laughs> but I'm just saying from really famous celebrities down to just average people. You know, I'm a Mississippian by choice. You know, I'm not by birth. I came here and I stay here. And one of the things I love about this, it's the whole chainsaws and casseroles thing. When mm-hmm. we When things get bad, we get good. And we do have a core of folks here in Mississippi that are good enough that they can look around and say, you know what, these are some problems that need to be fixed, mm-hmm. and we're going to work hard and try to get them fixed. Yeah. And so that we're going to hear about that yes, today. Today's are. show sounds good. I'm glad your tooth's better. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes. Because he would have been so much fun. I, w- I wish you had still come in after your procedure <laughs> and done a show. That would have been good radio. Well, I couldn't even feel half of my face. It was not there. Oh, so isn't that the worst? It was. It yeah. felt weird. Like, like can Matrix? you do the other half just so I can know? You know, just so I don't even have to feel this. All right, well, we got two great guests coming up, Executive Director of Stupot Services, Jill Buckley, and former Stupot client, Karen Cotton. So stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. 
All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Thanksgiving week, we have a lot to be thankful for. And like I said earlier, I'm very thankful for you. Thank you for being part of the show. And, of course, if you want to be part of the show, you can give us a call anytime at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Well, speaking of Thanksgiving, I'm very thankful for our guests that are in the, in the studio today. We have the Executive Director of Stewpot Services, Jill Buckley, and former Stewpot client, Karen Cotton. I have known Jill for five million years. I think literally you, I, I probably met you a month after I got to Jackson. And of course, Karen, I'm very glad to get to know. And you brought in some lovely artwork that we're going to talk about because, you know, artwork and radio goes well. That's why I bring in my cartoons every day and show them on the radio. But uh, we will probably try to post those up on the blog so that people can see it. But it's got a great story behind it as well. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you. It's good to be here. Whew, I about ran out of air on that last sentence. I need to, punctuation's important there. Sorry. Jill, it's good to see you again. You know, it's so funny because we were just talking. You were here last year about this time. And, of course, we were talking about, you know, you're like, didn't your son just get a, because my son's getting a driver's license, I think, tomorrow. And you're like, weren't we just talking about this last year? It's like, no, he's getting learners. It goes by quick, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, because we didn't have kids back then. Yes, when we first met. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. It was a long time ago, I Marshall. I know. It was ancient. And, of course, um, since then, of course, you have uh, become the executive director of Stupot Services. And uh, let's start with you. We'll hear a little bit about yourself and, and about the job because you've done a wonderful job since you've been there. And it's not an easy job either. Well, I actually first started working at Stupot in the late 90s as wow. the director of volunteer services. And Stupot really changed the trajectory of my vocation in the mm-hmm. world. So um, so after I left Stupot, I went to uh, theology school in mm-hmm. Boston and, and got my Master of Divinity degree and was ordained into the ministry. So um, I've spent the last... Uh, I spent about 12 years working at a local congregation, uh, but then felt called to come back to Stewpot um, and uh, and kind of do more there, right. uh, gain some skills that I thought might be helpful to Stewpot. And Stewpot is just continuing to change lives like it did mine. It changes lots of lives, not just the people who come there for help, but the people who come there to help. So yeah. it's a it's a beautiful mixture of the Holy Spirit moving in lots of people's lives all at once. And one thing I've always loved about it is you get a chance. And, you know, sometimes you just go and you volunteer and you don't really interact with the people that are getting services there. And so really, you do, this is an opportunity for you to go in and volunteer, and it changes you as well, like you mentioned. So. Right, right. We try very hard to to give people an opportunity to interact because yeah. um, it's really only through those kind of one-on-one interactions that people start to change their perception and exactly. ideas about one another. And so people like me who grew up really um, kind of without any, you know, particular needs, I had everything that I needed and... Um, and, uh, it, you know, that interaction changes my ideas about the people um, who are not in my shoes and right. vice versa. So we get to all kind of recognize our common humanity and uh, and then start build relationships with them from there. How many years have you been there now? I was trying to think as, as executive director. You've oh, been to four goodness, or five? No, just two. I'm in just my two? second year. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm in my second year as executive director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm obviously losing my brain. So, um, God, it's hard to believe, though. But, I mean, talk about that. Everybody just thinks Stupot's just a soup kitchen. Talk about some of the things you provide because, you obviously, you're doing more than just feeding. Right. So, Stupot uh, operates 14 ministries total. We have our community kitchen, which mm-hmm. most people know us for. We serve lunch every day to about 200 people. 60 of those uh, plates go to people who are elderly and disabled in the community. Oh, so nice. we have a Meals mm-hmm. on Wheels um, ministry. So the community kitchen, Meals on Wheels, a food pantry, which serves its emergency supply of groceries, mostly for senior citizens and families is who we serve. We also have a clothing closet. We operate two shelters, an emergency overnight shelter for men and an over, emergency overnight shelter for women and women with children. Mm-hmm. We have a day shelter, the Opportunity Center, which is kind of a home base for people who are homeless to wash their clothes and take a shower and get connected, get their mail. Um, 
Also, we have an after-school program and a summer camp for uh, for neighborhood children. Uh, you know, Stewpot is in, it's located in an old church building, the old Central Presbyterian Church. And we're surrounded by a neighborhood. Uh, we're on the outskirts of downtown, but we're surrounded by a neighborhood. And so there are lots of families. It's uh, I looked at the statistics not too long ago, and uh, 74% of the people who live in the surrounding area of Stewpot are either under 18 or over 65. Wow. And so, uh, and so we became a, you know, pretty early on as volunteers uh, began to show up and get real and gain relationships with people who, who lived in the community started saying, we really want to give the kids something really good and safe to do too. So we have right. an after school program and summer camp. We also um, have a chapel service six days a week. We have a legal clinic that's staffed entirely by volunteer lawyers. Um, the St. Dominic's operates a community health clinic in our basement, uh, which is an enormous, enormous uh, gift to the community. And uh, we have an art ministry called HeartWorks that mm-hmm. is also run entirely by volunteers. Which it's I not, think is one of the coolest yeah. things I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get, I think Karen's going to talk about that a little bit, too, on that. You know, when some of the services you're talking about, you're not, you're not really just talking about hand out. You're talking about hand up to help people be able to kind of get piece their life back together. Number one, the shelters is incredibly. And until you actually know somebody who needs that, you don't understand how important that service truly is. Because when you're out and suddenly you have no place to go, mm-hmm. I mean, that's very powerful too. But it's like, you know, you, you don't think about that when you suddenly lose everything or you're on the street. Suddenly, yeah, you need legal services. You might need health care and so forth. So you're kind of doing all in one shop. Yes, it's a mixture. Um one of my friends who has been involved in ministry with the homeless for a long time once observed that for all of us, really, but specifically in terms of um, of ministry with people who are homeless or people who are in deep poverty financially, right. the window of change, of opportunity of change is, is fairly narrow. And yeah. we all go through that where we kind of have our cycles, where we have opportunities, where we all can make big changes in our lives. And so uh, and so. The goal is to develop the relationships so that when that person or those persons are ready to take take a chance and, and make those changes, they know where to come and who to talk to. Right. So we're there every day. I like to say that what we do is more sandpaper than dynamite. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's a long, it's, it's, you have to take the long view because, uh, you know, we all know from our own lives how difficult change is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's true for every single person on the planet. So we are we're just there every day. We're there to be kind, compassionate, develop relationships so that when people reach the point where they're ready to make a change or they've built up enough kind of energy in their own life to make a change that we can help them move through that and get to the other side. I can only imagine because if, if somebody's going through depression or they've got a drug dependency or they're dealing with. Um, some other mental illness or even just just they've lost everything. I mean, if you feel like you're alone, it is awfully hard to find the strength, in, internal strength, to be able to say, okay, I can pull myself out of this. But if you've got friends. Yes. And that's kind of what you're providing. Exactly. Exactly. So um, for the most part, not to a person, I think it's dangerous to to paint in too broad of a brushstroke when you're talking about Only Bob about Ross people. can do that. Oh, yes, You know, exactly. he can make happy trees. He's the only <laughs> exactly. person who's good with broad brushstrokes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So uh, a lot of people um, find their way to us because they uh, for, have lost some kind of social support. Right. And so the reason why it is unlikely for me and my family to become homeless is because I have sufficient social support to recover from any kind of you know, tragedy mm-hmm. or or something that might happen in my life that would cause kind of you know things to crumble. But um, but we are there to kind of help provide that social yeah. support and not just in terms of like material goods, which you know we have because people all around Jackson and the Jackson area 
you know, make sure that we have that, but in terms of people, and that's, that's the key really is that is the friendships mm-hmm. uh, that get created, not just between staff and, uh, and clients or community members or guests, but it's the friendships that get created between volunteers right. and clients and community members and guests. And so, uh, all all of those elements are essential. You really can't make a difference if you're just giving out food and clothes, but you can make a difference if you do all of those things with compassion and kindness because that's, that is what people also are thirsty and hungry for. It's just that human touch of kindness and compassion. And I would think also that, that y'all really do a great job of stigma removal too because if you're sitting down having lunch with somebody and getting to know somebody who's on the street or something and you get to hear their story, they they don't become a, they're not a caricature anymore they're they're a human being and that is so important because a lot of times we just drive by blindly we see somebody on the street and we just drive by and don't think anything of it and we're like oh and then he pull themselves up out of bootstraps or whatever mm-hmm. they may not have boots you know? <laughs> right, right. You know? so it's kind of right. important to know these things and right. so that's what's so brilliant and the thing other thing I love about what goes on with Stupot and for years I've tried to you know if a politician wants a cartoon I make them write a check deal you know that kind of thing. Um, but the thing I've loved about what you do in your in your ministry is the fact that so many different denominations have all come to, together to help. And that, I mean, that in itself deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, we are truly interfaith uh, on purpose. We right. we know that a lot of religious traditions uh, um, really uh, are built on tenets of compassion and kindness. Right. And so there's no particular religious tradition who has kind of a corner on that. Exactly. And it really does take all of us working together to make it happen. Um, you know, there's a lot of need uh, yeah. in our city and in our state. And we, we want to make sure we're building bridges with everyone who is wanting to, to uh, live out their faith commitments uh, in, you know, in, kind of integrity and honesty. Talk about need. I mean, obviously this time of year, is there a greater need? Do you see it going up in the, in, during the holidays? So uh, we, we do have a lot of families who come to us for uh, holiday meal baskets mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, don't have the extras to get their meals on the table, you know, with what they barely are getting by, but they need maybe an extra little bit to get a, a holiday meal on their on their tables and we serve lunch every single day of the year, but there is something about preparing your own meal in your own yeah. home to share with your family and friends. So we certainly want to support that. So during the um, holidays, we give out between three and 400 um, holiday meal baskets, a Turkey and wow. non-perishable food yeah. items or a ham, whatever we can get uh, to families. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that certainly increases um, what we need to have around. Uh, we also, because it's getting colder this time of year, you know, last week was we had a nice cold snap. Yeah. And we uh, open up our day shelter, the Opportunity Center, as an er, emergency overnight shelter on any night that falls below 35 degrees. And we do that in partnership with the city of Jackson. So, you know, that's the kind of time when we need things like blankets and hats and gloves and coats and socks and good shoes yeah. for people to wear um, and coffee. We, you know, that's just an easy way. Uh, you know, you give people cold water in the summer and hot coffee right. in the winter as a way to just kind of recognize, you know, what they're going through. So coffee and creamer and sugar, it's a tiny thing, but it makes a huge difference. Talk, um, real quick, uh, and we're going to obviously throw this out there several times throughout the show. How can folks, if they say, well, you know, I've got some coats I'd like to donate, I've got some food I'd like to donate, I've got, you know, different things that I think would be helpful. How can they get in touch with you? So we are located at 1100 West Capitol Street Mm -hmm. downtown, and we are there from 9 to 4, Monday through Friday. We're there on Saturday and Sunday at lunchtimes, and uh, and people can just drop by and bring whatever they have. Uh, If you have a question about anything, you can call us. Our number is 601-353-2759. Uh, which is also on our website, stewpot.org. You can go to our website to find out any information, including like getting a better sense of where we are or finding contact numbers for maybe some of our ministries like Matt's House and Brumfield if you want to take something specifically to the shelters. Yeah, and of course, um, you know, always nice to receive money too. That's important we, too. That helps yeah. keep <laughs> us keep the lights on and the heat on and uh, 
staff. Heat's too. good. Yeah. Staff's good, too. Yeah. yeah, it's important as well. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue talking with Jill Buckley and speak with Karen Cotton. We'll bring her into the conversation, too. She's going to give us a firsthand look on how programs like Stupot can affect change in people's lives. So stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB. shopper or someone who likes to buy the whole store change is the program that will allow your purchases to show your support for the quality content on mpb radio this easy and no hassle program rounds up your credit or debit card purchases to the nearest dollar and sends us the difference you support mpb and get something nice for yourself to sign up for change visit our website mpbonline.org and click support You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday and happy week of Thanksgiving. If you have the week off, well, you're lucky. If you don't, I'm sorry. But that's okay. We're still thankful you're listening as well. And we've been talking with Jill Buckley, the executive director of StuPot Services and... um, I tell you what, if you don't know about StuPot, they really do amazing work. And, of course, I always love having Jill in on Thanksgiving week because it kind of makes you realize, you know what, we got a lot to be thankful for. And it's always good when you are thankful because you tend to do things like help other people. And she brought along a friend, too. we got Karen Cotton in the studio who is now appropriately hydrated. we got her some water. She's good. She's a former StuPot client, and she now volunteers. Karen, man, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh I'm, I'm just glad you're here, and thank you for bringing the artwork, and we'll get you to talk about that as well. Karen, tell us a little bit about your story, because it's really pretty powerful. Well, I'm from, originally from San Francisco, California. What? Now, how did you get here from California? Well, I bought a house off the internet for $5,300, bought and paid for it. Wow. Um, you I can't have, do that in San Francisco. No, you, no. you can get that's a month's that's rent. That's a month's rent, yes. Yeah. Um, so I had my third son, and I just couldn't give him over to the babysitter. So yeah. I came here, I bought a house, and then we went into a cold freeze of seven days in Jackson with no water. Yeah. On television, there was um, Mr. Dunn, a guy that does lunch in the um, on the and over in the uh, cafeteria, and he said, "If you need some water or some food, come on down. You don't have to be homeless to come and eat with us." So that's how I brought my three children and myself down to uh, Stewpot, and I was welcomed with open arms and um, lots of water. Wow. Yeah, well, so that's why you wanted water. Okay. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. water, but we, we needed, I mean, coming from California, never experienced freeze. Right. And so the water, um, they said you had to wash dishes with hot water. I thought, oh, well, that, I just use a little bleach. And that didn't help. We all got sick. Oh, so, did you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So we all had to go to the stew pot. We ate. And so we met the stew pot um, people, and um, I just became a part of the stew pot. So you were just like at this point, hey, if this place is this awesome, I need to be part of it. Yeah, so I came back and did some volunteer for Kenneth. Yeah, what'd you do? What'd you volunteer right off the bat? What'd you do? Um, actually, I helped in the clothing closet, hanging clothes, um, separating clothes that were good and not good um, yeah. for gentle use clothes and stuff that was just too used. Yeah. Um, I also helped in the uh, food pantry, stocking mm-hmm. the um, stocking the shelves with. Um, Peas, sweet peas, canned goods. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe making some sugar bags or some cornmeal bags to uh, distribute through the um, holidays for uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, let's see what else did I also do. I helped out with the heartworks, passed out paint, yeah, uh, water, and just was there to say hi. How are you? Welcome to Stupot. Wow! So you just jumped in with both feet. Yes, I you did. did. It sounds like you're like a force of nature. it's like okay i want you on my side on that but talk about that because where do you think you would be now today if you had not seen that 
moment on television and realize I can go get some help. Wow. Um, I really don't want to think about where I would be. I would wow. always stay in my moment of being with Stupac. Because, I mean, you, you now, do you have any family here or anything, or did you just make the 2,000-mile the journey with no support system whatsoever? Um, my significant other had um, family here. Okay. Um, so when we looked online, we knew where to look. Okay. He had lived here once before, and he knew the price of living was way cheaper. Way cheaper. So yeah. we looked online, um, took a flight here. He took a flight here, bought the house. And so now that's how we came from San Francisco, California to Jackson with a blended family of six boys and one girl. Wow. So, yeah. It was a definite, it was a blessing. Yes. I can say that. We won the lottery with that home. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I mean, I, I think that Stu Pot won the lottery when you showed up that day, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I think so, because definitely on that. Um, why, do you think, why do you feel like it's important to give back to a community? Well, it's very important to give yeah. back because it humbles, your, it humbles people. When you're there to give back and to say, hey, um, it, 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 it's just to open up to get a person to actually um, – See if there's a need to help. Yeah. Everybody needs help. And people at Stupot always, um, if it's some socks, a, a sweatshirt, jacket, there's 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 a need there. And with the art that we do, that's just a conversation piece to open up to yeah. see where the true need is. And um, when you're when you're in need and you know you can go somewhere, that makes a big difference. Right. When you don't when you're in need and you don't have anywhere to go that's the, it makes the heart hurt and it, it makes it that much harder to try to find help definitely you mentioned that art is a great conversation piece a good conversation starter well you brought art so let's talk about the conversation and and i know it's hard to uh art doesn't necessarily translate on the radio so well but talk about the pieces you brought and the stories behind them well um i also help out with um, um the summer program where children come to me once a week, well, twice a week, and we do art. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm able to see the children um, express themselves through art. Oh, wow. And so we do a lot of um, watercolor, oil pastel mm -hmm. paintings. Um, sometimes we do mono printing. It just really depends on, wow. I like for them not to just do the turkey hand. Yeah. You know, I want them to understand that there's true art and they can make true art. So um, I come to them, and we do all different types of art. We might go outside and take stones and make stone people, or we might make uh, leaves out of people. So it just really just depends on um, what um, that day brings and what the children. I really look at the children to figure out what to do. They tell me um, what they want to do, and then we try to go from there. Well, I mean, your projects are incredibly creative. Have you got an art background? How did you figure it? You know, no, I think God. God, yeah. God gave me the talent. Um, I have some tremendous uh, people behind me by the name of Stacy Underwood and Artworks and Stu Pot. So um, with their help and mm -hmm. with their guidance, I'm able to guide other people. And you can't be a teacher if you don't teach others. Right. I, I know my mom was an art teacher for many years, and she could always she actually did her master's on uh, studying you know children and their psychological you know background, but judging by their artwork, so you can tell a lot just by what the kid does. You can tell what where they are in the world. Yes, yes, yeah, and that's you, important. You would be amazed at the um, artwork that they um, they produce. I just think that um, they just need someone to allow them to be children. Yeah, um, we. Uh, as a, a society, we are always quick, quick math, quick, quick English, but yeah. we're never allowing them to express themselves through art, through color. Right. So then when they come to me and then over in the uh, after-school program, I volunteer once a week and I come in and I allow them to be themselves. So. Wow. What a, what a great idea. Karen came to us uh, as a volunteer through HeartWorks, and it's one of those real moments where she, we discovered what kind of gifts she had mm -hmm. because she came willing to offer them, right? And through, um, you know, just lots of months, weeks and months spent at, um, at HeartWorks, 
uh, we became clear that she had a lot to offer. Now, HeartWorks was an art program started by Stacy Underwood, who Karen mentioned uh, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea behind art is that art brings people together, but it's also very therapeutic. Yes. So we have um, about 25 or 30 artists who come to us every Tuesday for an art class which has led, Karen sometimes will lead the art class. Stacy will lead the art class. We've had some local artists like Ellen Langford, mm-hmm. Ellen Langford and Jenny Footboy who have led the art classes. And they'll create art, and then once a year, um, they'll have an art. Uh, Stacy and HeartWorks will organize an art show at the Cedars uh, at which they oh, will wow. sell the art, mm-hmm. and 80% of the proceeds from each piece goes back to the artist, and 20% goes to Stupot. Now, this year, if I'm not mistaken, they had over 700 pieces in the art show. Wow. And it was yes. it was wonderful and beautiful. And so um, Karen has been a part of making that successful. Uh, and she uh, has an extraordinary sensitivity to all the people in the room, uh, partly because of who she is and because of her own story, right? right. So she, she has just a, a really beautiful way of being in the room that feels supportive and uh, and just present and helpful, right? Besides the fact that she's a wonderful artist and has her own card making business, you know, she's she is also uh, helping our heartworks artists and our children express themselves and 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 do that therapy of just you know trying to you know get it on the paper and express what's going on inside them. So she has the rare gift of empathy. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's very nice cool. I like that. Um, and I will say this, and just you know, any artist out there, but I've had stuff hanging up on a wall before, so I understand the feeling. But talk about something that builds up self-esteem. When you're an artist and you can come to a show at the Cedars and see your work hanging on a wall, that is so good for, for all those artists. Yeah. Um, we have brunch the day before. We actually have the art show, so that allows the artisan to come in yeah. and see their art on the wall. And it's a feeling, an overwhelming feeling for them because um, they see it as a canvas. Yeah. And they have put um, their art on the canvas. By the time they see it at the Cedars, it has been now um, framed. I'm about to say, I, I, I hate that you know radio is not a visual medium because you the way you frame this up is so cool. I mean, you, you have people come in, um, sometimes helping hands come in. Um, you have a lot of people that are independent volunteers. Mm-hmm. They come in and they frame. And once you see this hanging in the cedars, it's like, oh, my God, did I do that? So it gives them a sense of pride, a sense of uh, belonging to something. And to say, we made this down at um, Stew Pot, that that makes it even better feeling to say, hey, we have an art class at Stew Pot from 9 to 11 on Tuesdays. Um, And you don't need to be homeless. I, I came because I was a volunteer and I had my fourth son, and I needed an outlet. I needed, yeah. I needed something to do, something that I can say, okay, this is something I do for Karen. And so that's how I became an artist as well, besides uh, um, our teacher. I suspect you were always were an artist. You just didn't know it. I didn't know it. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So it was definitely in your heart. So this is, uh, I, I tell you, um, this is, that's incredible. You know, of course, art is such a great therapy, too. It really is. So on that, talk about a little bit. Um, you've been, how, how many, how many years have you been now trying to think? I, um, I've been here in, in Jackson. Yeah. I've been here in at Jackson for eight years. Eight years. Cause I was trying to remember when the water break was. The, the, this is when, oh, oh yeah. Geez. Uh, I can't believe, I can't think who the mayor was, but I remember it was a freeze about eight years Oh, it ago. broke every pipe in the city. I and mean, the was, whole water. I mean, we had, I remember we had porta potties downtown. Yeah, you know, and so it was but, just awful, and I just thought, oh my God, here I am coming <laughs> from California. I know, it was like, we just had earthquakes and, and yeah, you know, disasters but it was out there. Always, this is worse. Yeah, and I just couldn't believe it, and I just saw this man with his voice, Mr. Dunn down at Stupot, yeah. and his voice is, uh, it, it brings souls in. Yeah. And, and, and and it draws you in and wants more of what he has to say. Yeah. And we went and had lunch, and I remember my children um, wondering, God, what are we doing with the homeless? Yeah. And I told them, you know, stay humble. Yeah. They might not look like you. They might not smell like you. But guess what? We all have to eat at the same table because we're hungry. Yeah. So, you know, let's eat. And I think um, they're now... Um, 
18 and 19 in college, and I, oh, they wow. always call me and tell me, Mom, that is a humbling feeling to have to sit with people at a table that you don't know yeah. and, and know that, you know, we're all the same. Right. We're all the same. We have to eat. And so that that makes them happy, a, a happier person in life to know that they have volunteered at Stu Poppy. Well, it sounds like they've got a little bit of their mom's spirit. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you were going to make sure of that, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, they yes. weren't going to get away with it. All right. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with, of course, Jill Buckley from Stupot Services and Karen Cotton, who we've been listening to as well. She's a former Stupot client, turned volunteer, and awesome artist and human being as well. Great show today. Thank you for being. You want to be part of it, you can always give us a call at 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, on Thanksgiving week, and we have so much to be thankful for. Like I said earlier, I'm thankful you're listening, and I'm thankful for our guests, too. We've had the pleasure of talking to Executive Director Stupot Services, Jill Buckley, and Karen Cotton, a former Stupot client turned volunteer. And um, Karen, I I just want to follow up because we're talking about Heartworks, and of course, you frame these pieces of art beautifully. I've noticed a couple of them had crayons on them uh, that were attached to the frame. I thought that was kind of a neat touch. And one of them looks like it is, was a fork or a spoon. A spoon. It's a spoon. Okay, yes. tell me the significance. It's got a little tiny spoon about the size of maybe your thumb on the corner of the, the glass. What's that all about? That represents HeartWorks, um, helping to feed uh, more mouths in our community. So oh, that's cool. um, when we have a show, um, the eighty percent goes back to Stupot. I mean, to the client, um, the artisan, and the twenty percent goes back to Stupot to help feed more mouths in right. our community. So. so let me ask you the question there, because that little tiny spoon. Where do you get the little tiny spoon from? Because I really need that for Thanksgiving meal, so I don't gain so much weight this year because a little tiny spoon. <laughs> you that. That's one strategy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marshall. Little tiny plate, little tiny spoon. There you go. Hey, you would have <laughs> Smaller to, Marshall. You would have to ask Stacy Underwood where you okay. goes from. So Stacy's got a secret tiny spoon supply. Oh, yes. Okay. Lots yeah. of them. She could tell me, but she'd have to kill me. I understand how that works. <laughs> Jill, it's got to be incredibly rewarding for you because, I mean, you see clients walk in and then you watch them grow and change. That's got to be the... And you talked about how Stupot changed the total trajectory of your life. That right there, I think it worked out okay because you get to see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I think so. Well, then um, you, you get to eat too. That's important also, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that for most people who come to Stupot, whether it's you know just once a year or come regularly, we have a number of volunteers like Karen who come regularly. Yeah. We know that we're a part of something special because – we can uh, see and feel the Holy Spirit moving yeah. both in us and in the people uh, in the room. Some extra- really extraordinary things happen at Stupot that uh, are really uh, unexplainable except for some sense of the divine yeah. in the room. Um, we we were talking a couple of weeks ago about this ch- starting to serve coffee before before lunch on days when it's really cold, but just this would be a nice gesture to get people inside and just give them something hot to drink. And literally the day after we talked about that, we got a donation of four like boxes of coffee that had you know already hot and already made. And we thought, oh my gosh, this is we can just do a test run today. We can just see how this works. I mean, things like that happen all the time. So you know that 
that uh, a you feel like you know there's this divine sense of care all around us uh, and you're you are getting to be a part of passing on kind of the extra that's in the world uh, to the people who who um, really are in need of of some of this world's goods. I've seen you do loaves and fishes so many different years. It seems oh, like, you know, so there's a call out for need and then suddenly mm-hmm. the need, you know, everybody in the community just rises up and they, they lift all everybody up. That is exactly right. Um, I, God works through people. Yes. And so, and so um, the inspiration to bring the coffee, yeah. you know, someone had to respond to <laughs> exactly. that, right? So that, you yeah. know, it didn't show up like miraculously. It came because somebody responded to that inspiration to pass it on. And, you know, that happens, I know, all around town at places all, you know, like Stewpot. Um, but we, you know, it just feels wonderful to be a part oh, of that. Oh, if it had just appeared, you guys would have been on the map. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You do realize that as yes. well. What are some items that are needed right now? So we're always in need of uh, non-perishable food items for for our food pantry. Because the weather is turning colder, it's, you know, coats and hats and gloves yeah. and Scarves, anything that you would want or need to stay warm, warm clothing, good shoes, good socks. Um, we oh, toothbrushes, toothpaste, any kind of personal care items that we can pass on to people um, are, are all good things to donate. And as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. also uh, we also need uh, monetary contributions to operate right. to do kind of the the basic things like have a, a staff there on a regular basis yeah. and turn on, on the lights and and make sure that you know that there's somebody there to cook the food um, every day so so yeah the we all of those things are much appreciated it all goes to make it work I, I noticed that of course MPB we had a food drive challenge here during our spirit week we we uh, raised up over 600 pounds of food which is about what I will eat on Thanksgiving so Ooh. I was I was getting, congratulations to my co-workers here at MPB. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty impressive. But I mean, yeah. like I said, every pound counts. It does because we are serving between 20 and 25 families or senior citizens uh, yeah, every day through our food pantry. And so really, I mean, our job, we think, is to get what we receive and send it right back out the door to to people who need it. So so what we're, you know, we're making sure that we screen and you know find the families who, you know, who are living on next to nothing and and they find us um and so we we know we're just a conduit we're a vessel it's coming to us and we're just sending it right back out the door any last words karen joe thanks for having me oh my gosh i'm so glad you're here i really am and 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 i'm so glad you do what you do because it's absolutely wonderful thank you we're just grateful for uh such a living in such a wonderful community i this is something that we can only all do together Right. Because, like I said, if we we can only give out what has been given, right? And so, uh, the more responsive people are to that movement in their spirit of trying to pass on what what they have, then the more we are able to do for for other people in our community. It is all about local people caring for one another, neighbors helping neighbors. Throw the contact out real quick. 601-353-2759 is our office number, or you can look, look us up at stewpot.org. Fantastic. We're thankful for you joining us today. I want to thank our special guest, Jill Buckley, Executive Director of Stewpot Services, and Karen Cotton for sharing her personal story with us as well. Hey, now you're talking this production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by our the amazing, wonderful, and now tooth-free Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Health and Fitness with Dr. Josie Bidwell. And join us next week for another episode of Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>